0: Welcome to Pull the Shoot, our weekly podcast where we talk to business owners, C-level executives, and experts from around the world. Our goal, to help as many businesses as possible grow to the next level. It's our hope that by interviewing these business leaders and hearing how they built their culture and their company, that you might gain insight on ways to help you be a better leader and provide a better culture for your people. Our mission is to change the top-down mentality of leadership and help others to create and implement a transformational leadership style that is uplifting, supportive, and appreciative towards your people. We believe if you grow your people, you'll grow your company. I'm your host, Jeff Cecil. I recently was interviewed on a show called Symbiosis Talks, and the topic was from startup to scale. And so I thought it was uh, very important, and there was some really good things that came out of that interview that I wanted to share with you. So today's podcast is really going to be more about that interview and the things that were talked about. So I hope you enjoy it and I hope you learn some things from it.
1: Our guest speaker. So uh
0: glad glad you invited me. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no no problem. Should be fun. Uh, yeah, it will be. I'm sure of it. Um I've got uh, you know a few questions here. Uh, so that everyone knows um, this session is scheduled for uh, first 30 minutes of uh, you know you and i going back and forth uh the conversation and uh, later we have 20 minutes for uh you know possible q a you know for people yep. that want to ask and if there are no questions then we will continue the conversation uh, as, as usual um so, uh first uh question then we'll start with the basics so jeff tell us a little bit about your background um so what are your studies you know how, how did you come to be involved in working with uh infrastructure and in startup businesses and enterprise level companies and you know how how did you become later a, a consultant in that
0: sure uh so i'll give you a quick uh background started my career at harris bank in chicago um, and yeah, I'm pretty old. So back in the 80s, if you remember those guys, you just, half of you guys probably weren't even born then, uh, computers were just becoming relevant. Um, and uh, I, uh, I really was a self-taught, self-taught programmer, taught myself how to program. Um, and I ended up using that skills to automate the entire trust fee department of Harris Bank. Um, and so from 85 to 92, that's what I did. It was really cool. It was a lot of fun. But from there, I just kind of grew into things. I had a neighbor that came to me and said, hey, I have this idea for a network for the futures and options industry. And this is pre-internet. It didn't exist. We're talking 92, 93. Um, So we built a a four, if you guys uh, ever saw the little small three and a half inch disks, we built a four (laughs) disk install set. And we had some major um, uh, players in that. We had the London Financial Futures, the New York Mercantile Exchange, the New York Mercantile Mercantile Exchange, excuse me, Smith Barney, and a handful of uh, boutique firms all talking before the internet um, and passing information back and forth. In 96, we moved that to the internet and we were doing database-driven websites uh, back in 96 when everyone else was doing brochureware. And in 1998, we actually took a small piece of that technology, which is the ability to upload a file from your PC to our servers and get to it from any other web browser. And so in 1998, we invented what we all know today as web-based storage. We were the first ones to do that. And the crazy part about that was it took 18 months to get our first million users. But um, then the hockey stick curve started. And it only took 13 weeks to get our next million, and 11 weeks to get our next million, and we were a worldwide sensation. And so from a scaling standpoint, it came with a whole set of problems that we had to kind of deal with and work through, um, which is a lot of fun. We could talk about that if anyone has questions. But um, but from there, I uh, we, we sold out in uh, 2003 to companies called Motorola, you might recognize, EDS, which was a major server provider, and EMC, which is a major storage provider. Um, and so I moved on to consulting and I started helping companies automate their operations. Um, and then I'd go in there and I'd look at what they were doing and saying, okay, what can we automate to help you with your processes, um, and do that. And since then I've had probably half a dozen of my own companies. Um, the majority of those had some kind of software uh, development piece into it. You know, I built, uh, games for marketing companies, and, um, you know, just kind of automated stuff for different groups. Um, I was helping one, one group that was kind of doing almost like a, um, uh, a GoFundMe uh, for a smaller amounts. So I've always been involved in that kind of technology background. Um, and now I do more coaching than consulting. Uh, the idea behind that is that consulting is usually one or two at a time because that's all you can handle. Coaching is a completely different animal where I can actually help 10 to 12 comfortably at a time and help those companies kind of figure out where they want to go and grow to the next level. And so that little company is called pull the chute. Cause the idea behind that is if you ever have gone skydiving, you start at 14,000 feet, you jump out of a plane, you're falling at 120 miles an hour. It's hard to breathe. One little movement, you're out of control. Everything's happening so fast. You can't see where you're at and you can't see where you're going, but at 5,500 feet, you pull the chute and suddenly you can breathe again. You're in control. You can see where you're at and you can see where you want to go And that's a lot like businesses today. Everyone's moving so fast that they need to take a moment to pull the chute, take a breath, you know, feel in control, see where you're at, see where you want to go. And that's where I come in and help them kind of figure that all out. So I know it was a little longer probably, but there's a lot in there and there's a lot more, but I was trying to get through it as fast as I could, but that gives you a good idea of my background. It's pretty, pretty well-rounded.
1: Pretty impressive, I, I would say, and and I really love the explanation on the Polish, shoot, uh, a name. So that's that's great. Um, and well, you know, throughout your experience, I'm I'm sure that you've uh you know witnessed a lot of of scaling up companies. Uh, and I want to know w- what are some of the common misconceptions about that process, about the process of scaling up, that you've noticed over the years.
0: So a lot of times, what happens, and I've been with companies, I, my own company, I had to scale up, and then I took a Was with a company that went from two million to twenty-four million in a short eighteen-month period, um, and we had to scale them up, right? Um, and one of the, the misconceptions is that, um, especially from the owners uh, or the people that are managing, is we can just throw bodies at it and make it work, right? Which can work, but you got to have a foundation set up right? So you can't just throw people at it because now what you're doing is you're spending twice as much time bringing them up to speed and making sure they know what's going on and all that stuff. One of the things that I learned at free drive was it was really important as we bring it, as we brought in people, because as we were scaling, it was crazy. We were just, you know, trying to bring in programmers to help us and project managers and testers and you name it, you know. Um, but w- w- one of the things that I was able to do was set up a, f- a foundation that as people came in, we kind of put them through the understanding of what free drive was all about. Or in the case of the, the gentleman that went from 2 million to 24 million, we did the same thing, right? So as we brought bodies in, we spent the first couple of weeks just kind of training. And for most people, that is the most frustrating thing. And I get that. But in the long run, it's the best thing that you can possibly do. If so you can take time over and schedule time each day, do an hour, do an hour and a half each day and spread it out so that you can still do your job and give them things to do. So what you you know what, what I always did was I'd say okay, you know, here's here's what we do and here's how we go about it. I'm going to give you something to test on and you're going to run that and we're going to just look at that and see if you understand what I was talking about and then we go to the next piece. And that really set a foundation which is the key here. You know, having a strong foundation of who you are as a company, what it is that you're trying to do, where you're trying to go. Is is key for most cases, and um, and I think that just throwing bodies at it doesn't always solve the problem. It actually adds to the problem.
1: Okay, great, yeah, definitely. Like I I was reading a little bit about uh, specifically like some of those those misconceptions. It's it's pretty fairly common, Um, and well, now that you've talked a little bit little bit about your experiences what has been your biggest challenge in terms of scaling up operations and infrastructure?
0: Um, Probably the biggest challenge is, is staying ahead of, as you see things starting to scale, try to envision yourself several months out and figuring out where you need to be and try and stay, stay ahead of that curve. Um, In most cases, what happens is people don't realize, and you know, the, curve starts happening and scaling starts to happen and they didn't really plan for it. They didn't see it coming because they were so like this. They had the blinders on and all they saw was in front of them on a day-to-day basis. You know, again, this is what I, what I love about pull the shoes because I try to get people to say, okay, where are you at today? Where do you want to be tomorrow? And, and where are we at between those two gaps, right? And let's plan for that. Um, and that can be a huge struggle for people because they get caught up in that day-to-day and then all of a sudden that day-to-day becomes that day-to-day and a half because, you know, it's like they're putting in so much more time, more time, more time. Um, it's like being on that, you know, the treadmill. You're just going, you're pedaling like crazy, but you're going nowhere. Um, so I, I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges that um, that I see and that I've actually lived through. I, I, you know, again, uh, I'm not saying anything that I haven't lived through personally, I'm trying to deal with some of this stuff sometimes. And that's how you, I've learned is, look, I got to kind of, look out a little bit, three months, six months, let's see where this is going. Like when we went from 18 months, we had our first million and then we hit 13 million in that next, or another million in the next 13 weeks. We had not planned for that at all because we had had the blinders on. But the moment that we got there, I kind of took a step back, took a breath and said, okay, the curve has started, how do we do that? And we set up processes like, great example. So Free Drive is all about uploading files. And so we had a bank of servers, right? And so we set up processes that if those servers were all being utilized at a 70 to 72% utilization, we added four more servers. And that brought everything down. So we had load balancing, right? So that brought everything down. And then as they started to rise up, and as they got close to 65, 67, 68, we order more servers. The moment they got to 72, we added four more servers and we ghosted all of the uh the servers so that we could just have a disk, set them all up so it was like literally took us like two hours. New servers online because we did we did ghost uh disks that just created the whole operating system and but the, again those are things that we thought about after this the curve started and we reacted to eventually but my the, the challenge is making sure that you don't have to react behind that you're always in front of it a little bit
1: right so uh I'm gonna skip a few questions because uh, uh, you touched on a very interesting point which is the planning um so do you think, is, is, is there is there a perfect moment to scale up? Is like, how can anybody realize when this moment will arrive so that the Reddit is switched to the growth mindset or, you know, is, is it something that we can actually be ready when it happens or it's something that happens suddenly and you have to act accordingly?
0: Um, great question. And yes, to probably all that, but <laughs> um, what I like to do is remind owners and remind people that are working, um, don't forget to look at your numbers on a monthly basis and see where things are at. Again, what happens is people get caught up. We don't look at, we don't look at the financials good enough. We don't look at the you know, number of users, depending on what your, your company is right. And what you're doing a uh, number of clients, all that, maybe clients, you'll notice that a little more. Um, but if you're in like, we were at free drive or in that other company I talked about, it was all about users. Right. Um, and so watching the users and, and, and watching the trend is an important thing. And again. You know, there's systems all over you to just run a report and look at it. Right. And you can look at it on a weekly basis on a monthly basis, you know, back in the morning at free drive, they didn't exist like that. So we were manually tracking all that stuff. Uh, but nowadays we can run reports that'll just kind of tell us that, and we should be doing that. Don't get caught up in the day-to-day stuff and gets, and forget about to look at all these things that are right in front of you that are going to give you those indicators. Um, and that's the key, I believe. So, you know, paying attention to those numbers, um, both financial numbers and user numbers, or whatever it is that you're doing, client numbers are just so important. And just making time, and that's the key. People just don't make time for this stuff sometimes. They're like, "Yeah, I'll look at it tomorrow. I'll look at it tomorrow." And it keeps getting pushed down. And then all of a sudden, tomorrow comes, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, now what do I do?" And that's that's the key. So, again, you know, one of the things that uh, that I like to talk about now is is you know take an hour a week. And just plan it. Put it on your calendar. And that's the hour that you look at all your reports, look at your numbers, see where you're at so that you know where you need to go.
1: Great. Great advice. Um, So I've noticed also that you have been uh, in, you know, different um, industries uh, in your Mm -hmm. experience, not only tech. Um, And so my next question is... uh, have you noticed any differences in the difficulties and challenges of scaling up between industries? Like, how does the tech industry fare in comparison to other industries that you've worked with?
0: Um, I feel like tech, um, we can react faster to, to issues. Um, you know, I, I did some stuff in the health industry to get them to move is is like, you know, dinosaurs. You know, just, you know, they, they move very slow. It's like the Titanic probably a better one, you know, (laughs) just move, they can't move fast enough Um, for me anyway. But the struggle with that is that if you don't react fast enough, and I want to preface this by saying, it's not just about reacting, but it's about planned reacting. Okay. So when you see things happening, take that step back, bring in a couple people, don't work in a bubble, talk through what's happening. It may not be the perfect answer, but it might be the right answer. Right, and then make the shift, but don't sit back and say we'll talk about it tomorrow, we'll talk about it next week. Um, and again, I, I believe tech, uh, in, in all my experiences, I've been able through a tech situation, been able to react fairly quickly to situations um, that, that arise. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. We were when I had free drive, we were <laughs> you'll love this, we were giving away a whole whopping 20 mega storage space when we started out back in you know, 1998, um, and we were on an Oracle database and the database locked up. And so no one could get to any of their files. And we probably had better part of seven to 8 million people using it. And so we were down, right? And so from a tech standpoint, it's like, okay, what do we do? So it took about 18 hours, believe it or not, and we finally got it fixed. We actually had to use an undocumented (laughs) command in Oracle. Oracle was actually in our our office. We had to use an undocumented command to open the database back up. Um, And then what we did was we reacted by, from a technology standpoint, giving them 50 meg of storage instead of 20. And we were able to do that, but but from a tech standpoint, we could make that decision quickly and then make that happen quickly. And so then people were all excited because they got an extra 30 meg. Of space back then and they thought it was okay no problem we can deal with that but if you were if you weren't anything other than tech that would have been a marketing nightmare <laughs> to try and react to it and, and show people why why that happened so um yes yeah, so I, I i believe you know tech is is my favorite to, to react to challenges because you, you can react quickly
1: okay great great comparison um so uh, talking about uh uh, the the challenges, the difficulties that, you know, come with uh, scaling up. Obviously you sometimes um, need a lot of resources to do it. And so mm-hmm. my next question would be, is it really necessary to raise capital in order to switch to growth mode? Um,
0: over through my experience, I'll say it this way. Um, you know, again, not knowing what the revenues are, um, and how much you're scaling, my, my initial answer is going to be, you need to have that in your back pocket. You don't always necessarily have to do that. Um, so, um, I just wrote a a whole blog about, you know, we got this potential recession coming in line. Right. So if you, if you see things starting to happen, don't wait till the last minute to try and figure out how you're going to pay for it. You know, maybe go get a line of credit for whatever you need to do for right. Like, You know, whatever it is, or have a couple investors that are, you know, you've been priming so that if you need them, you can pick up the phone and go, hey, here's what's going on. You might want to jump on this train. Right. Um, But don't wait till the last minute because that all that stuff takes time. You know, if you're going to get a line of credit and and the recession hits, you're in trouble. Have the line of credit sitting there now. So if the recession does hit and you got it and you need extra cash to get through it, you have it. Same with investors. You know, have, I, when we did, you know, uh, free drive or a couple other ventures that I had, I've always, I always had, you know, investors that I was just keeping up with, you know, touch them, talk to them, tell them what's going on, you know, and, and, and the good part about that is when the scale hits, that's an exciting time for them to jump in. So it's an easier decision for them when you're kind of, you know, doing this, you're, you're kind of going at a, you know, small uh, increase. It's not as exciting, but when the, when the hockey stick curve hits, you know, when we had free drive, we had to, you know, we had to raise a ton of money because that—that's what happened. And it was—it was a—it was, was so easy because we we had, you know, several investors that had been watching us, and realized that we were for real. And then, bang, it, you know, it was—it was a no-brainer to pick up the phone, go have a meeting, and then, you know, two weeks later or a month later, we had the money.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then, is it? Is it like is it the scaling up? mean to actually grow in all areas or do you have to sometimes cut out some other uh, areas to grow important ones, I would say?
0: So when you say it that way, the the word bootstrapping comes into my head. And I'll tell you something. When I was raising money uh, for one of the ventures, um, I was trying to raise $2.5 million. And the investor said to me, Um, so two and a half million dollars will get you where you need to go. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, bootstrap it and keep everything as tight as I can. And he goes, well, how much would you need if you like really did it? And I was like, oh, probably 4 million would be on it. He goes, then why are you asking me for two and a half? You know, do the four. And, And so the reason I connect those two is that if you cut back somewhere else, you're kind of bootstrapping, right? And where you're cutting back could be an area that you really need. But when you cut back, now you've lost that advantage. Maybe you've lost, you know, maybe you cut back in testing or you cut back in administration. And as you start to scale, you need those people. So now what happens is you got to rehire, you know, as things take off, you got to rehire, you got to retrain. And it's almost like you took, you know, uh, one step forward and two step back in certain areas. So that my advice would not be to cut back in other areas. Um, if you're starting to scale, would be to make sure that that's a solid area, and th- because those areas are going to become critical.
1: Right. So that's interesting because sometimes uh, I've I read a few articles that said, you know, usually uh, you have to, you have to cut it. But it's interesting because then uh, like the, the fact that you need to, if, I mean, if you really don't want to cut, then you should ask for, you know, the investor or, you know, the full amount of the the investment. Right.
0: Um, yeah. See, what worries me about cutting back is, is to me is what I call short term vision. You're looking at what's happening today and not what you need for tomorrow. And that's, that's where, that's where the danger comes in. You know, when you're, when you're thinking, looking short-term and not long-term, I'm telling you, just, you're just asking for trouble.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: I hope you enjoyed part one of this two-part series, uh, Symbiosis Talks, where we did start up to scale up. And uh, I had a lot of fun in answering some of those questions and giving some great coaching advice. I've had several people reach out to me since then um, and ask some more questions. So that was wonderful. And I'm always available for questions if you want to reach out or if you're looking for coaching, uh, please don't hesitate. You can reach me at jeff at pulltheshoot.net. I look forward to next week when we close out this two-parter. But in the meantime, uh, have a great week and stay safe and be healthy.